Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Jolt Maniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, a.k.a. Sea Witch. And today, with all our actions combined, Ooh. so it's like a Captain Planet yeah. reference, yeah, I like instead it. of powers, it's... Heart! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, damn it, I showed up last to the meeting. Ew, okay, I got this one. All right, that's fine. <laughs> you weird Aquaman. Yes. So, today we are looking at another article. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went through all the articles that I had in the Whoa. giant folder because I had actually made an entire mess of them. Oh, um, my gosh. So, I pulled out all the ones we had used. I sorted them by name, not wow. realizing that I didn't actually want to do that, but it's where we are. And I found... An article entitled Dungeons and Dragons 10 Best Class Ability Combos. And it was brought to us by Chris Stomberg on The Gamer. Um, and it was published back in 2020, so late 2020. So, in theory, there could be more great combos. <laughs> but what is always interesting to me about Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition is that stuff keeps coming up that people yep. didn't know about. And I don't know why. So, yep. here we are. Yeah, this this one is good. It's really crunchy. And it some of is. these I actually went and double checked that they were true because I was like, that can't be right. What? So I agreed. I learned. I learned from this. I learned how yes. to be more. If only I was a player more. <laughs> I feel like I could be a real snot with some of these. Yeah, and so one of the one of the interesting things, and I think this is this is one of the biggest pieces of this specific mental exercise, is that there are two thing two ways that you need to look at these. Uh, well, okay. There are three ways that you <laughs> can look at these. One is that you need to know that that can totally happen to you yes. as the DM. <laughs> Two, you can also provide this to your players depending mm-hmm. on what state they are in um, to say, hey, did you guys happen to know about this and this yep. and how they could work together? And three is just using it against the DM you love. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, all us DMs secretly want is for you all to destroy us and have a great time doing it. So, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's learn. We'll go through these bad boys. So number 10 is I'm surprised it's the first one to come across because I feel like it's probably the best one. It's good. I yeah. this is the one I double checked because like there's no way. Oh, it would, is. And yeah, no, it, it totally is. is. Terrifying. It's rude. So, it is commander's strike and sneak attack. So one of the things with sneak attack is that it specifically states that you can use a sneak attack once per turn. Turn. <laughs> and that is the key element here because it is not once per round. So as long as all of the requirements are met that you would get sneak attack. You theoretically can use it on multiple turns. Mm-hmm. Yours, when you would normally have it, or when your uh, fighter friend decides that Commander's Strike would be useful to give you a sneak attack. So yeah. you could have two. The third case scenario is that you could use a, a reaction for an opportunity attack to get yep. your third. Um, but that that's kind of... Outside of really fringe cases of giving another action that I can't think of. But yeah, you could consistently have two without a second thought. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this one is so super good, but it does require that obviously you have a rogue in your party. And then it requires that you have a fighter 
specifically with the Battle Master subclass, which yep. is by far the most popular fighter subclass, but still, yeah, that's a pretty sweet that's a pretty sweet little combo there. Uh, and I'm very glad I do not have a fighter and a rogue in any of my games. <laughs> oh my god, I do! <gasps> oh no, but but the fighter isn't a champion it is not a battle master. It's fine. I am the rogue uh, in a game with yes. a battle master fighter. Yikes. And it's obscene. It's, I've gotten yeah. critical on a sneak attack and rolled four. Oh, so many dice. Six. Yes. Nice. And you can do it at range too. So then I have sharpshooter because I'm throwing daggers. Like that's the route I went because I don't really want to die in yeah. front uh, because it's higher level. It's terrifying. Wow. Wow. Because yeah. I, I genuinely thought of other ways to force this because of what I learned through the rest of the article. Because I'm like, wait, but if they, you could te- theoretically force someone out and give me opportunity attack and I yeah. could potentially do a third yeah. stink attack. Yeah. 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 Nasty. So wonderful. So what is number nine? Yeah, so this one we have the web and fire damage combo, which I feel like this one is a little more well-known, though I've never actually seen it happen in games. So Yeah, so basically if you cast the web spell to capture a bunch of enemies, there is written into the language of the web spell that if you hit it with fire, it explodes into fire. So that does like eliminate the web the webs burn away but everything trapped in it takes an extra 2d4 fire damage on top of whatever damage they got from the triggering event so if it's a fireball or whatever it is so i mean that's that's a nice little damage kicker on there well, i think yeah and i think you know fireballs are your kind of your go-to thought is there's a bunch of enemies running web them fireball them but my thought was like you could start to kick kick off this combo even earlier because I think of like burning hands, right? Because you could still do a, a cone, mm-hmm. and then so you don't have to get all the web. Yeah, yeah. And so then you would still do yeah. If you're rolling your whatever d6 for your fireball, you're adding two d4 on top of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's especially if, like the scaling of that is hilarious because if you think there's five. That's 10 to 40 more damage. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. Like if you could capture somebody in a web and then just the wizard just spends the turn like firebolting the individuals trapped in it. And then that that nice little like pick them off (laughs) while somebody else is dealing with whatever the big boss is. Ooh, it did just dawn on me. Even having read the article previously, that same rogue has a cloak of the arachnia. Oh, geez. Definitely going to web something. And tell someone else to cast a fireball. Yep. And that was wonderful. And I really need to write this down. Oh, I feel really bad for you, DM, in this game that you're learning. You should. <laughs> you really should. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Next up, we have shove and melee attacks. Shove is so underrated. Yes. It is. Okay, thank you. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, it's not that hard. It's very straightforward. If it happens... They fell down. Yep. They're prone. Yep. Everyone gets advantage that's standing there. The only thing to note is that um, if you're doing ranged attacks, those become at disadvantage. That's why mm-hmm. it specifically notes the melee attacks. Yeah. It's well because people don't know about the like the special attack section. I feel like people kind of overlook that. And then there's also the grappler feet, which you don't need to do this, yeah. but makes you better at doing it. And I feel like a lot of people don't, no, they can shove because shoving is awesome. But the thing is also, it does require teamwork because 
if yeah. basically if if you shove someone and get them down there they're just going to stand right back up on their turn so you have to make sure somebody else is going after you to be able to really capitalize so i know what you meant when you said teamwork, my first thought was, yeah, you got to have someone else that crouches down behind them so that when you shove them, you're guaranteed to fall over back. <laughs> Three That's what the help action is. If you yeah. Give, yeah, if you give someone help. Okay, so this one is really scary. Yeah, this is bad. I don't, I don't <laughs> want this. Co- I don't want this combo in my game to exist because uh, you have hold monster and divine smite. Basically, you're you're forcing a critical through the paralyzed condition. Yeah. And one of the really nice things about Divine Smite is that the person can hold it until they get that critical, then just dump all of their resources into it, mm-hmm. because then every dice that they're choosing to spend is now doubled. Yep. And you know exactly when it's going to happen, because you're holding the monster. Yeah, this is, this is rough. <laughs> also, second level spell starts the combo of hold person yeah it's the fifth level spell that has hold monster but this could easily start at level three yeah your poor bandits or whatever that you're fighting early early days are just gonna be wrecked again i think i think this doesn't happen so much because i i still think there is quite a bit of confusion over hold person versus hold monster i know i've had my players try to use hold person on everything under the sun and then they get frustrated and then when an actual humanoid person comes up they don't use it because they were so frustrated yep as an avid venture maidens listener you're right i've heard this you've heard this a bunch um yes Yes, it's wonderful uh, oh boy yeah the paralyzed condition is nasty any combos with that is always gonna be so good i I think in whatever the next edition of DD is if i was them i would get rid of the paralyzed condition because it's just so it's so messed up yeah because it also brings up the idea of the sneak attack so i mean if we roll if we roll this back you know back up into the other one i've done hold monster then i've done sneak attack yep. and it could even be that i did my sneak attack <gasps> wait how long does hold what's the condition to break hold, hold uh, it's a, it a wisdom attack? save at the end of each turn i think once you're held so theoretically because if they can't get out based on damage, that means that... No, there's no damage. So at the end of each of its turns, the target can make another wisdom saving throw on a success. The spell ends. A completely reasonable party composition is the wizard that casts hold person. Yep. The rogue that attacks with critical sneak attack damage. Mm-hmm. The paladin that then does a critical divine smite. Mm-hmm. And the fighter who gets a critical and uses their commander strike to have the rogue get a second critical sneak attack. And that can all be theoretically done at level three, a third level party, right? Or when, or whenever you get second level spells. So yeah, literally the only variance of what is the most standard composition of a party was me picking a paladin instead of a cleric. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this is the most nuts. Any rogue. Yeah. It's, it's any rogue. It's any spellcaster. It happens to be a specific. Oh my God. Yeah. Deleted. All of the stuff deleted. Go. No, don't do this. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, that's wild. So let's look at the next one here, which is hex and grapple or shove. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this one is just pretty much riffing off of the, you know, the the shove and melee attack. Because what hex does is when you hex somebody, you basically pick which stat they they're going to be rolling with a penalty so yeah it makes more likely to fail strength 
which is what you need to win grapples or uh, shoves, which is what you need to get people prone. So that's a very nasty little combo. And, and as someone with a warlock in their party, I mean, really the question of, of that synergy is just what is best. Yeah. Like your party needs to just talk to each other. So it's most likely my the player in my campaign that plays a warlock will pick constitution because of the abilities of the other players, mm-hmm. um, which is a bummer for me sometimes. But I mean, that's that's the way this works. Yeah. So yeah, just find out which one uh, which one works and then use that. So Darkness and Devil's Sight. So this is wonderful yes. because Devil's Sight, again, another warlock ability that basically now you can see through magical darkness. Mm-hmm. And then someone casting this onto the warlock who then just runs where they need to go and can see perfectly fine. So this is one that I use as a DM a lot that I give my monsters. So that have the nice. darkness spell and then okay. throw that up and like, boom, or monsters with true sight, boom, like... It's amazing how how much it ruins everybody's day when you take away the ability to see because like 90% of all abilities require you can see your target. Well, the other thing I think is like, and also you switch it up and as long as, as I would have it be a hex blade, then, then you don't have those same concerns about the warlock just running in as this terrifying globe of darkness or, yeah. or whatever version of the spell. It's good. Okay, what do we have next? Oh man, bardic inspiration and guidance. Oh, God. I, guidance is so annoying. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, yes. I mean, Embardic Inspiration is like a less annoying version of Guidance. But yeah, if you put if you put those two things together, yeah, a player could get an additional 1d6 and 1d4 to an ability check. Uh, so yeah, if you really want someone to do real well, you have the Cleric do Guidance and you have the Bard do Bardic Inspiration and you're just... You're gonna be party rocking in the house tonight. That's all. Yeah, well, That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing of it is with with skill checks or sorry with ability checks, they don't crit fail. Right. They don't crit. And the same said, they don't crit succeed. So the other thing I think of is like that twenty five where you think like, okay, they actually can't. Oh no, I guess they can because mm-hmm. now you've given them an additional ten yeah. potentially that they could go up from whatever they roll. Yep. Which, I mean, again, going all the way back to the thing I said at the very beginning is it it works both ways, is that this can be scary for you as the DM at the same thing. Like, there are times you just genuinely don't want your players to fail, but you still are going to fall to the dice. This is something you could bring up that you could stack guidance and uh, bardic inspiration. And bardic inspiration goes up. As levels go up, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, the dice size. Make, so like, the dice get bigger. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So next up, we have silence and grapple. Just basically take your spellcaster completely out of the equation. Just ruin a spellcaster's day because yeah, if they're silenced, that's all verbal components, and if they're grappled, they can't move their hands. So that's what do they call that? Somatic. Now, or yeah, somatic and and material, right? Yeah, so if a spellcaster can't say the words and they can't move their hands, they're not casting any spells. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get, if you're fighting something like a lich or an archmage, this is amazing. This is an amazing combo. Though you better hope that that mage, actually, you should do grapple first because otherwise the mage can counterspell your silence. Yeah. So just beware of that. So that it should be 
grapple and silence for the name of this, but yeah, I was trying to see if I was trying to see if we could do the same thing with the darkness, but it does. It, it's cast on a point. It's not casted on an object. Because yeah. I also thought the same thing of just like putting it on whoever was going to grapple, and then they just run in as yeah. a twenty foot ball of sight. Uh oh. Well, then they would have disadvantage on, but unless they had double sight. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, because counterspell is somatic. So if you can grapple a mage, and then they can't counterspell. If you do a silence, boom. Oh, you can. Boom. And that pretty much covers all spells. So, yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. That's a good one. That's a good one to point out. The next two are interesting because, like, they're not as exciting as the list that that Mm -hmm. we've gone through so Mm -hmm. far. But, yeah. Yeah. So, the next two are a little bit interesting because they they kind of need some more specific styles of gameplay, um, especially with this one. Careful spell and evasion. Basically forcing your party or a player in your party to be surrounded and then using these so that that person isn't hurt by a area of effect spell. So basically they would come out of it unscathed because you have the careful spell and evasion comboed together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's fine. But I think also with careful spell, you could just punch a hole in where the rug was standing so why do you need evasion that's what i thought too hmm. Hmm. I, I i feel like they were running out of steam uh towards the end of this one is <laughs> all that was happening there so hmm. we'll end on the note of inspiring leader and aid <laughs> hmm. yeah uh yes that is a lot of hit points that everyone gets and this is the interesting one that I, I had to go verify was that based on, and certainly these this fault probably falls into the one where maybe you could get into a discussion with your DM about mm, how it works, mm-hmm. but that they, but basically that these temporary hit points could all work together, that they wouldn't, one wouldn't cancel the other out. Oh, but th- that's not how temporary hit points work. The rule is that it's always replaced. You can never have two sources of temporary hit points. So their reading of aid is that it doesn't actually provide temporary hit points. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Increases the hit point maximum and current hit points. Oh, yeah. No, that is totally true. So, yeah, I guess that's the the best way to boost hit points. Yeah, that's a pretty good combo. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It could definitely get into a place where there could be different readings on aid and whether or not it is mm. temporary hit points mm-hmm. but i see i totally see where they're coming from i i mean i'd allow it yeah um oh yeah i mean the mechanics are totally different this yes. is yeah oh. this is totally Hopefully good it distracts from yeah. anything else on the list happening at my table so please please players yeah. do this every <laughs> time you would like all right be nice to each other that's fine <laughs> extra hit points great nice uh not kicking my monster over and stomping it out Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good article. It made me think. It was it was very crunchy. It's nice to have a crunchy roll every once in a while. And with that note, if you like that and you wanted to, you could always head to your podcatcher of choice: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I think it's on Pandora. I I just clicked a bunch of buttons. All the Podbean ones. Like, All the Podbean oh, yeah, ones. Like six <laughs> extras. It's really easy. And of course. The ultimate gym dues is to just go tell someone that you enjoyed the show and you think that they would enjoy it as well. Yay! 
yeah, yeah. And of course, you can always reach out to us via email at diamnastics at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at diamnastics, me at cconowich, and Neil at jotemoniac. And for everything else on the network, uh, you can always check out blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And a huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com. And with that, let's head to the post-workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. Neil, I got something really cool in the mail. So I, I have shown... I would say, I have shown you cards before, and you're going to show me cards. And no, wait, you've shown me cards before. Yes. What do you have? I think we've both shown each other a lot of cards over the course of yeah. this. But boy, I have more. I have more. <laughs> cards are so cool. Uh, so today, I wanted to talk about the Critical Hits deck from Nord Games. So what this is, have you heard of these before? No, but you I'm know? very excited because I yeah. used to have a Critical Hits deck for Pathfinder 1e and it was yeah. uh, just to be frank it was really tough to transition that into D 5e like, yeah because it it's so mechanical part. yeah but i just felt like yeah, i was always but... pulling extra cards to get something that i thought mm-hmm. would, would be worth it yeah so this one uh it's a brand shiny new yeah the critical hits deck uh which is compatible for fifth edition so basically this is for gms so whenever you roll a critical hit against your players you can go ahead and pick up this deck and pull one of these cards uh and each of the card has four different options on it of what happens to that character like an extra bad effect on top of the the critical hit so if you ever find yourself struggling like oh man you know a a natural one or like a natural 20 is supposed to be so good but i just don't have great ideas these cards are perfect for that because you can draw one read real quick they're all like one to two sentences uh and it adds a nice extra effect what's even better is all the cards are sorted so there's a big chunk that's called setbacks and then there's life-threatening, and then there's deadly. So there's three different okay. categories. So maybe based on how many hit points your party has, or if you're doing like a lower you know, level party, you might just stick to the setback. If they're really being snotty uh, and it's a bad fight, like go to the deadly <laughs> sections. But it's cool. So, I mean, there are minor things. So like on the setback for one, there's like not the face where you receive a permanent scar on your face. It's something like, it's not a really bad mechanical effect or anything, but it's a cool, interesting thing. Whereas there are crunchy ones like make a DC 12 dexterity saving throw on a failed save. If you're wearing chain or ring armor, its effectiveness is reduced by one. So like a break in your armor or boom, if you have a spell like double damage and if the attack did force or thunder damage, you're pushed back like one D four plus times five feet. So it's very cool, and I feel like they did a really good job balancing all four different effects on the cards. So if you want something like mechanically crunchy, or if you want something, they have things on here. So they have like a spell icon, an arrow icon, and a weapon icon. So if that's the incoming attack, you can always look at that. So I just thought this was really neat. I like it. Yeah, I've I, I've missed these because I used to because it. My campaign originally was Pathfinder, and I use them all the time. Um, Crit fail. Yeah, get get it, you some. Um, yeah, so you can check it out in the show notes. Yeah, so again, these are the the critical 
Yeah, the Critical Hits deck, uh, and this one is from Nord Games. Perfect. Yep, like I said, there will be a link in the show notes, and with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?